Constantini needs to redirect the stone in the forefoot. Will they stay undefeated through the round robin? Mosan are sweeping furiously to hold the line, and they will. What a shot. Duvall throws an incredible double tap. Constantini follows with the run back takeout. So Canada's final stone in this extra. It's running, it's heavy. Hoping it's going to curl. This has got too much weight, I'm afraid. And that is... And the comeback is foiled here. Indeed, that's game. The students beat the coach despite a furious comeback from Canada. Huge win for Australia. So Italy, 8-0. Canada, 5-3. Great Britain, 5-3. Norway, 5-3. Sweden, 5-4. Top four make the playoffs. So there is so much to come here. Australia, 10-8 over Canada. What a night of curling. Wasn't that something? Italy goes again undefeated. They beat Sweden on their last rock. I even made my voice crack, Kevin. Okay, fantastic. L'Italia sta giocando al Solamente. Fantastico. Okay, I'm going to be a soccer announcer. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a great story. Uh, what a not-so-great story. What you heard also at the end was Canada losing to Australia in extra ends, which is going to be really tough for them in the standings. Uh, they, were, they had launched a comeback. But not so much, so we're going to talk about all of that. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Inside Curling's presentation of Daily Draw to tell you everything about what's going on in the games in Beijing. It's brought to you by CoolBet, proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. Uh, the logo is a polar bear. Good idea, I get it. CoolBet's a polar bear. After all, if you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the CoolBet community. So let's get right to it. Kevin, you've been up all night again. Warren's up, been up all night. And so was I, okay? I stayed up very late. It was, my poker, it, it was my poker night, boys. I was driving home. I got stopped by the cops, which was fine. So we're checked stop, and it was no issue. And he said, where are you coming from, sir? I said, uh, I'm a card player. He said, you play poker? I said, I don't, but I just left six guys who are really good. <laughs> they play a lot of poker. <laughs> Mixed doubles, of course, is what we're talking about. Fifth day of action. Kevin, uh, bring us up to date. So much going on, and we got to get the combinations and permutations. So you start us off, Kev. Draw 10 and draw 11. What a crazy evening and night of curling. So let's start with the USA check game. It was on sheet A, draw 10. Oh, where do you start? First end, U.S. looks great. They force the checks into a crazy triple raise. They don't make it. Steal one. But then... Things go crazy. All of a sudden, Zuzana Polova has a double for five in the second end. Only gets three, but gets out to a 3-1 lead. USA comes back with three in the third. But then, just a really bad call in the fourth. Team USA has a hit and roll off the side to the button. If they make it, there's only a maximum of two possible. Even if they just knock it out and don't make the roll, it's only three. Vicky makes an absolute beautiful draw, as good as she possibly could, and the Czech Republic come down, tap it out for four. So a four-hander it was. I don't understand the call, but that's the way it was. USA gets three back again. So it's an absolute football game going on. In the sixth, they play a wide open end, smart, smart end by the US, and it's an open hit for the Czechs. They roll out. And in mixed doubles, if you roll out and it's a blank, 
the hammer switches. You don't get to retain the hammer in the next end. Right. So in the seventh end, USA plays a great end of curling, wide open hit for two, and they roll out. So now only one up coming home, and the Czechs play a beautiful end and get a nice intern bump by Polova, and USA lose the game, which really put them in trouble in the standings. That was a huge, huge win. And on sheet B during that draw, now draw 10 is the morning draw over in Beijing, so there's only two sheets on. Great Britain actually uh, came with a real nice comeback, got down early in this one, four to one, but ended up beating China six, five with a single in the eighth. <laughs> Draw 11, four games on tap. Sweden losing, and this was a game that was lopsided. I, I thought Sweden would have a chance against Norway, but Norway just made everything and they won six to two. The, the, the game of the day, Australia, of course, one of the players testing positive so their time in Beijing is going to be done every it was announced worldwide Tolly Gill had tested positive okay that's it and they're talking about how they're going to get the Australian team home and this is all it's done right anyway draw time comes and we're sitting waiting to call the games and there's the Australian team they're on the ice they're throwing, I, I sent, I sent Warren a note right away. I'm watching the game going, they're on the ice, Warren. Australia's back in. So I guess they retested again. The test came negative. So then they, I guess, decided or figured out that it, it may have been residual from when Tully Gill had COVID a couple of weeks ago when she was in Canmore. So anyway, that was interesting. So they come out and play a great game against the Swiss and they win their first Olympic game. So fantastic to them and draw 11. That was exciting. Italy playing China and of course, Italy doing what they do. Just played awesome. And Canada, big trouble against the Czechs. Tomas Paul made a huge mistake in the eighth end, trying to play a, a little a tap and roll inside overthrows it, ends up raising the Canadian stone onto the button, and Canada steals the win. So just kind of a crazy night of curling, but uh, so much fun to watch. It's it's wild what's going on with this, the changes in leads, the big scoring, and you just don't really know what to expect next. So draw number 12 uh, is when I'm sleeping. <laughs> okay, very good, Kev. Nice job. Uh, that's draw 10 and 11. Uh, boy, what a what a crazy thing that would have been for Australia. Yeah, I, I was so happy for them. So happy for them. Sure. And and what would happen if they did? What what happens with the rest of the curling team? Who they come in contact with? Thank goodness. Thank goodness. So keep our fingers crossed that there's uh, no more issues. Warren, you're up. Kevin was uh, resting, getting his forty winks, and you were watching draw twelve. And it was an exciting morning to say the least. If Kevin thought the night was exciting, the morning was. I think a little more so. So let's go with the big game. Canada versus Australia that we all thought uh, Canada would win easily, but not so much. In the end, they lost 10-8, to 8, but it was a roller coaster ride. So after the fourth end, Canada, if you can believe, was down 7 nothing as a result of a lot of misses. In the fifth, things started to unfold for the Canadians, and Holman is left with a free draw for four, which she makes, scores the four, and suddenly the lead for Australia is now 7-4. to four. In the sixth, Tally Gill made a clutch raise double with her last to score one and now an 8-4 lead. In the seventh, Gill attempts a freeze, and if it was made, should have sealed the win, but she was short. Holman draws for three. The score is suddenly now 8-7, to seven, but still in favor of Australia. In the eighth, Australia uses the power play as a defensive move, 
and it seems to be working. Gill is left with a draw for the win, looking at two Canadian counters in the back of the 12-foot. She doesn't make it. Canada does steal one, however, and ties the game. So we're now into an extra end. And in the extra end, Rachel Holman with her final rock is trying to freeze down to a Australian stone at the back of the forefoot. She's a little heavy. It doesn't curl up. The Australian steal two and the win for their second victory of the day, but not such a good day for Canada for sure. Another big game on the ice. The Italian Express keeps rolling along. They defeated Sweden 12-8, to but it was another crazy game. In the fifth end, Sweden is trailing by a score of 3-2, to but takes a score of 3 for a lead of now 5-3. to But in the sixth, Italy is left with an open hit for 5-5, five, five, and Constantini makes it to now go in front 8-5. to In the seventh, Sweden uses the power play, and as a result, Almina Duval is left with an open hit for 3. Score is now tied 8-8. What a finish. Duval navigates a small port to make an unbelievable race takeout on the Italian shot stone on the button. But Constantini wins upper, follows down with an equally difficult run back, scores a 4 and a 12-8 victory. So interesting in those two games, in the Swedish-Italian game, 20 points scored. In the Canadian-Australian game, 18 points scored. Norway-Britain. Bruce Mowat, things didn't go too well for him in that game. Norway was the victor, 6-2. to two. Not a good day for Moat or Dodds. After five ends, Norway was leading by a score of 4-1. to one. In the fifth, Britain uses the power play and, and in the end is left with a draw for two, but they are short. Only get a single point, and that pretty much uh, was the end of things for them. Norway took two more in the seventh to make the score 6-2, to and that was the end of the game, more or less. One other game on the ice that really didn't have any impact. Another bad day for the USA. They lost to Switzerland by a score of 6-5. to five. That was it for the... 12th draw. Uh, Kevin, were you in Torino for the Olympics? No, I was not in uh, in Torino in 06. No, that was Brad Gushu and ended up playing Usapavanimi in the final. Yeah, I was wondering uh, what curling, like Italy's going so good. Uh, if there's a massive amount of curling fans there, if not, if these guys pull it off, there, there will be. It's all about the stats, Warren. You're going to give us what you've gathered overnight, stats-wise. Okay, well, let's look at uh, draw number 11. Uh, the game between Norway and Sweden, that Norway won 6-2. Southern Norwegians start to kind of turn it on again. A really good game for them. Magnus Nordergrotten shot 94%. Christine Skaskillian shot 90%. The Swedes not so well. Deval 65, Eriksson 76. The other game on the ice uh, that was interesting, Italy easily overpowered the Czech Republic. Konstantini continued her winning ways with a game of 85%, but in that game her partner... Mozaner was only at 70%. Canada's game against the Czech Republic, they did pretty well. Morris was 83%, 81%, and Holman was 83%. In draw number 12, the game between Italy and Sweden that was outstanding from an entertainment point of view was not that well played. And we get these big scores, the percentages are usually a little lower. As I indicated before, 20 points were scored. For the winners, Constantini was at a low score for her, only 67%. Mozaner was at 74%. And on the Swedish side, Devel was at 80 and Eriksson was 78. So there you have lower scores with uh, the big points put on the scoreboard. You see a similar situation with the Canadian game with Australia, where 18 points again were scored. Holman in that game only shot 69%. Morris was 76. But even on the winning side, the percentages were low. Gill was 71 and Hewitt was 81. On the other side, in the game between Norway and Britain, which of course Norway won 6-2, to two, Skaskillen was 87% and Ned Grutten was 91. So 
Lower scoring games, usually going to be higher percentages on both sides of the fence. Yeah, boy, a bunch of scoring. I wish I would have taken the over because it was always around 12 and a half uh, <laughs> in all those games. Uh, Kev, we're getting really big shots, really good shots, and really bad shots. Well, that's kind of the mixed doubles way, I think, Jimmy. It's just the, the, the shots, because of all the rocks in play early in the end, mm-hmm. you have to make a lot of really tough shots, and, and sometimes they're made and they're beautiful, brilliant, lovely, all those wonderful words right. for three or four, but they're difficult. So then, of course, with difficulty becomes the odds of making them just aren't that good. So you end up with a, quite a few misses, and it makes for a fun game. You get scoring 12-8 and all these wild scores, which is wonderful for the fans. Right. One of the fun things we're doing, of course, and as uh, we're going to cool bet, we're placing some bets. I am. Uh, the boys are making predictions. Kevin, you were bombing along there at 14-3 and three going into yesterday. Warren, you were 13-4. and four. Trust me, I was very good going in. You don't need to hear what I was, okay? I was, I was great. <laughs> I picked Norway to win both their games yesterday, and you guys didn't. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Yes, Jim. <laughs> uh, Kev, like I say, both of you were ripping along, but, but I don't see as many check marks beside your picks as I did a couple, couple few draws ago. So where are we at? Let's get an update on our predictions. Jim, mine were really easy to tally up. I got drilled. <laughs> Out of 10 games, I thought I was a lock on at least six or eight of them. Nope. I ended up only getting four out of 10. Oh, So f- four check marks, six X's. Disaster. Boy, okay, Hanson. It's your chance to catch up. You were a couple games behind. Well, unfortunately, I came up with the same record as Kevin. Four for 10. So it wasn't a good day for either one of us. So, Jim, you're the winner. Again. And now it's time to check the standings. Things are tightening up, Warren. So you're going you're gonna to tell us, Warren, how you get into the playoffs, who makes it through. And, but what are the standings now? Well, I'll first just go through the current uh, win-loss records, and then we'll have a little chat after that about where things are going. So mm-hmm. the Italian Express, of course, is now 8-0. One game left against who is Canada. They're in second spot at the moment at 5-3. and three. Then we have Great Britain, Norway also at 5-3. and three. Then Sweden at 5-4. and four. They're done. Teams that are out of it, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and United States, all at three and five, China at two and six, and Australia at two and seven. So let's take a look at where things sit here at the moment. We've just been advised by a text from the WCF that three teams are guaranteed qualification. Italy, who I mentioned is eight and zero, oh, Great Britain and Norway at five and three, and you ask, they have the same record as Canada. But here's Canada's situation. They're playing Italy. Mm-hmm. If they beat Italy, they'll end up at 6-3, and three, which will guarantee them a spot. But if they lose that game, they're going to be tied with Sweden, who are also sitting now at 5-4. and four. So they'd both be at 5-4. and four. In the round robin, Sweden defeated Canada. So if that was the case, it looks that Sweden would then be awarded the last playoff spot. So I guess to sum it up, Canada's got to win that game against Italy if they want to be in the final four. Yikes. <laughs> are they ready for it, Kev? Can they pull this off? Well, oh, I, I, they'll be ready. Absolutely, they'll be ready. The problem is they play Italy, yeah. who have just been incredible. Mm-hmm. So that's not really the team you want to play, but but there's no choice. You know, they've got to come out and shoot high numbers to uh, to try to to give Italy their first loss. But uh, it won't be easy, that's for sure. You know, Stefani Constantini is going to have to have a bad day because she sure hasn't had one yet. I know where my cash is going, okay, when I make that bet. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we want to bring you up to speed on all the rules of mixed doubles, all the in- intricacies, the, the options that you have. So today we're going to talk about the power play that uh, you hear about all the time uh, that was introduced to mixed doubles a few years ago. It was originally thought to be an offensive move, 
but now is used both offense and defense. So explain it to us. Power play. Yeah, the power play. You know what? It's a, it's a move that I thought would be used fairly even offensively versus defensively. And the reason being is that obviously if you can move the rocks off the center line to the corner, that's going to help you score points. Your rock, the pre-end stones, the way they set up, is that the team with hammer actually has a rock in the house. So it gives them an advantage right away. There's no rocks in front of the button. And it's a nice offensive way to get some points. Defensively, if you're late in the game in the, in the eighth end, say, and you have the hammer tied up, you can play your power play, move all the rocks away from the button, And it's a good defensive move so that you can score your point coming home. Here, though, I was noticing, at least I thought I was noticing, that it was mostly for offense. And I went, well, wonder why that is. So I asked Kelly Craig. Now, she's our stats person here with NBC. She's been working. This is her third Olympics. Kelly's awesome. So I asked her, Kelly, what's the scoop on this? Like, what are the numbers like? Now, this is going into draw 10 or 11. There had been 42 power plays to that point. 38 of them were offensive. About 10% of the time, it's being used defensively. That shocked me. I really expected it to be more like 35, 40%. So that's kind of interesting. I thought for sure it'd be more than that. But it's a, it's a terrific move to get the rocks off the center line offensively because your rock's already in the house and you can come around the corner guard again and set up for threes, fours, you name it. But defensively, it makes it very difficult for the other team to set up anything around the forefoot area late in the game as a defensive move, but that's only been used four times going into draw 10. Right. What would be interesting is, uh, so only four times as a defensive move, but 38 times as an offensive move, how many people won their games using it offensively? We don't know exactly, except there's a lot of threes and fours picked up. So a lot of games were won by that. Now remember, if you if you take your if you take your power play and say in the sixth end, and you pick up three or four, mm-hmm. the other team likely has the power play in seven. <laughs> right. So they get to try too. You get one power play each. I look at it often as well. It sets the game in a different stride, and I think that also helps considerably. Whether or not you gain that much by being able to score more points by using the power play, it just sets things in a little different direction, and I think as a result of that, sometimes it's successful. But I find it interesting that it's not being used more defensively. I ask myself the question, do all these teams fully understand to the degree that they could use it defensively? Because as soon as you're up a number of points playing the 7th or 8th end, uh, without question, that's what you should come up with because in most cases, the opponent's going to have difficulty scoring more than two, particularly when you've got the hammer. I mean, it's just going to be really difficult. Great stuff. There you go uh, about the power play. That's how it works. Everyone's become aware, if you've been watching curling for any length of time now, four-person curling uses the five-rock rule, which means you cannot remove a stone from in front of the circles until after the fifth stone of the end has been thrown. Uh, mixed doubles... Do they have this? Are they are they going to use it, or, or what's the rule there? Warren, mixed doubles, do they use the five-rock rule? No, they don't use the five-rock rule, but they do have a rule that uh, is not uh, normal from a point of view of you can just throw what you want. So in, in regular four-person curling, the five-rock rule basically says a rock in front of the circles cannot be removed until after the fifth rock of the end has been delivered. A stone in the circles can, but a stone in front cannot. In mixed doubles, it's three rocks, but it's a little bit different in the fact that in mixed doubles, you cannot remove a rock, period, from play, whether it's in the house or out front, until after the third rock of the end has been delivered. So it's a little different as far as a number and a little different as far as what you can take out and what you cannot. 
Uh, we got uh, lots of stuff for people asking us about mixed doubles, and uh, we're going to keep telling you more and more about it each day. We're on here, of course, uh, every day uh, through the Olympics. So uh, just what's today? Sunday when we record. So feels like we've been doing it a week, Warren, because you're getting me up awfully early. Okay, but we're going to. Two, two weeks two, to go, Jim. We've got two weeks to go, man. Speaking of power play, Kev. Another four days, I'm going to have to pull the power play. I'll get to make sure for, for the extra end. <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Warren, you've got something else for us regarding ice and snow at uh, this year's games. Explain that to us. When the Olympic Games started in Chamonix back in 1924, it was played outdoors, and it was played on natural ice and natural snow. Since then, things have changed to some degree. We've had artificial ice in place for many, many years, so it hasn't been played on natural ice for quite a while. But snow has still been, for the most part, natural snow. But for the first time in Olympic history, these games in Beijing are being played on artificial ice and artificial snow. And I saw quite a piece on the whole process that's in place for developing all that artificial snow. It's using a huge amount of water. It's, they're concerned about the water levels that are going down in the leak that's uh, providing the water. But uh, all the snow on the ski runs are going, is going to be artificial snow. Kev, the ice conditions? You've been watching a bunch of games. What's the word, Kev? Everything okay? Still fine with the ice? I think it's getting better all the time, actually. Every draw, it seems like there's more consistent. The numbers are telling the tale because uh, in the last Olympics, there were only two scores of 90% or better, both by John Morris. This time, I don't know the number, but lots, lots of scores of over 90% by athletes uh, in the game. So uh, the ice conditions are not a problem. They're just fine, and uh, they're release sensitive. You've got to be a little bit careful to uh, to release the rock straight. Do not put it back it'll skid if you turn it early especially anywhere within the, the four foot lines it'll really take off on you if you do square it off but uh, otherwise it, it looks really good to me i think they've done a, a really good job after the first couple of days when uh, hans Wuthrich, the ice maker from uh, he's from gimli manitoba originally from switzerland mm -hmm. and uh, he's making the ice there fantastic ice maker had some issues with the building especially with well airflow you name it there's lots of things he had to deal with early but uh, it looks to me like it's come around really nice and should be great for the playoffs and then also really really good for the four-person game going forward very good cool story uh warren uh, kevin and i were wondering uh, chamonix it was played outdoors in 1924 and kevin and i were wondering did you have good tickets for that warren were your seats any good for the 1924 <laughs> very funny jim keep working on, keep working on your lines okay there you go there's a bunch of stuff we're gonna take a little break and wrap things up for you uh, stick around we'll be right back Okay, so it's winding down, boys. We only have four games left, uh, one draw. Uh, so, Kev, uh, give us your predictions for that, and then we got some playoffs that you guys got to make some picks. Well, Jimmy, I've got to got to bounce back. That, that was a poor showing yesterday, only four out of ten. Yeah, you're in terrible shape. <laughs> uh, one draw left, four games to go. Switzerland against Norway. Norway has been on a major roll, so I can't. I just can't imagine they lose that game. I'm going to pick Norway, Canada, Italy. That is such a tough one to pick. Italy's been rolling along. I've been picking Italy all the time. I've got to stick with Italy. They've been just incredible. I hate hate to bet against Johnny Moe in the last one, but I've, but this is this is about trying to pick who you think. And Italy's been so tough. I got to stick with them. USA, Great Britain, USA, just real trouble. Chris Ply's really having trouble in the middle, just not making enough shots. So I'm going to pick Great Britain. 
In the Czech Republic against China, I believe China, because it's the last round robin game, they'll really want to win this last one and, and exit on a positive. So China for me. Before we get to the playoffs, Warren, what are your picks here in the last draw? Well, it's going to be rather interesting because there's some of these teams now in the way of Italy, Britain, and Norway. They know they've qualified, so the heat's off them. But I still believe that Norway will uh, will defeat Switzerland. They, they will keep it rolling. I think Johnny Moe and Rachel have got their back to the wall. I think they're both scrappers. They're, they're fighters and that they will come out and, and uh, take on the Italian freight train. And I think they will win that game. USA, Great Britain, I think, from what Kevin said, I mean, Chris Plies and uh, Vicky Persinger, I think they're they're out of it. Uh, Mawat is rolling ahead. He's going to be in the playoffs. I think he's going to want to keep it going. So they will win that game. Czech Republic has shown a little bit of brilliance yesterday. China, not so much. So I'm going to pick Czech Republic over China in that final game. Okay. I'd like to go against you guys, so I'm going to pick Switzerland in a huge upset over Norway. Wouldn't that be exciting? They had a good game yesterday, so it's not impossible. Nothing here is impossible. Okay, and then some playoffs. Seed 1 versus Seed 4, Seed 2 versus Seed 3. How do you get there, Kev? How do you get into these playoffs? Well, right now, the uh, the field's down to the final five, and it's just going to be waiting for this last draw to figure out uh, who's going to make the final four or not. One thing that for, for all the curling fans... Um, Everybody's used to kind of seeing page playoffs of variations of page. Page meaning one plays two, three plays four. The winner of three, four plays the loser of the one, two game. The winner of the one, two game goes to the final. They play the semi and so on. That's the page Mm -hmm. system. That's very common in curling. That is not the way it's done at the Olympic Games. In the Olympic Games, you come in, you you figure out, okay, if you're the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, or the four seed. And it's very simple after that. One plays four, two plays Mm -hmm. three. That's it. And so for the curling fans, I'm getting lots of messages, lots of texts, lots of uh, messages from people, which I appreciate, wondering what happens this time. You know, curling isn't real consistent with its playoff structures, depending on what event you're watching. But in the Olympics, it's quite simple. One, two, three, four, one plays four, two plays three. That's it. Because in the page, you you can play as little as one game and you can play as much as three games. And this one, you're only playing two games. To get to the final. Right. Yeah, they're only playing two here. But I think there's some things here that we do know right now. I'm just looking at this. We know Italy is going to be first. If Canada wins, they're going to be second. They win, they're going to be in second spot. We know right now under that situation, Britain and Norway have to play. But I I think they will win both their games. So if that was to stay true, Italy would end up playing Norway and Canada would be against Great Britain if Canada wins today, as I see it right now. Either way, Canada's got to win. Okay, so there you go. What are you made of, Canada? Winning, you're in. You had lots of those, Kevin, in your career. You probably did too, Warren. Oh, yeah, Italy. <laughs> okay. 8.05 p.m. Eastern. Uh, okay, uh, tonight for that, uh, those games. Mixed doubles semifinals is at uh, 7.05 a.m. on Monday morning for one of them, and... The bronze medal game out of that will be on Tuesday at 1 o'clock, and the gold medal game will be 7 a.m. on Tuesday. So great show, boys. Uh, lots of exciting things happening, a little anxiety. The Team Australia, a win for them, and uh, uh, Canada in tough. But we'll see how they do. Uh, thank you to CoolBet, a proud sponsor of curling, and frankly, all things ice-related. Check them out, the logos of Polar Bear. And after all, if you love sports, Make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life 
inside the Cool Bet community. Uh, if you're feeling so inclined, head to the Cool Bet web- website and place a wager. And we've given you some good picks today. Although the boys got their butt kicked, they went four and ten. Uh, <laughs> you may want to go with me, okay? You may want to go with me, my picks. A reminder, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you, insidecurling at gmail.com. Thanks a lot uh, for everyone joining our Facebook group and looking at the page. And that's Rod Paulson, who manages all that for us. Any questions you have, who better to ask than Kevin, the Olympian? And uh, this just in, Warren knows everything, okay? Warren does know everything. I think we we, we laid off, Kev, the (laughs) nickname that you gave Warren, because Kevin said, Warren's got his eyes on everything. got three screens. you got a couple of televisions, okay, in your man cave. It's the lizard. We're calling him the lizard, okay? Careful, Jim. The lizard, the wizard. How about that, Warren, okay? The lizard wizard. Uh, Tweet us. At curling inside, there you go, boys. Uh, Kev, what what's up now? Are you are you just are you like a horse? Can you just sleep standing up? Rest your chin on a ledge somewhere. <laughs> I will definitely uh, have a little nap before tonight's games here on the, on the East Coast. Uh, they're going to be exciting. I can't wait to get uh, to figure out this playoff structure at the end, and the teams are in it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. Yeah, right. Uh, Warren, what time's the lizard get up? Four four a.m. Good God. What, a, what, a, what an absolutely gross time to have to get up in the morning. You know, uh, janitors don't even get up that early, Kev. Okay. <laughs> Take it easy, boys. Uh, we do this. Uh, boys, we're going to be back again. We do this each and every day through the Olympics. It's called Daily Draw to give you everything, bring you up to speed at the games in Beijing. Back to doing what you're doing, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll be on again tomorrow with another episode of The Daily Draw from Inside Curling. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jim.